0: Goodness, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you that as the word goes out here, it'll be a blessing to people. In Jesus' name, Amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles to First Corinthians eleven thirty-one. First Corinthians eleven thirty-one. First Corinthians eleven thirty-one says this. If you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hands real high. Ushers will get you one we we'll be glad to loan you one of ours. Of course, the message the scriptures will be on the screen. There's just something about having a Bible that turning in the Bible that's a blessing to you, I believe. First Corinthians eleven thirty one says, If we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now at the end of this service, we're going to be receiving communion. And notice that this scripture, if you look at the context of this scripture, it's set in the context of receiving communion. If we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Now, there are many areas that we as Christians need to judge ourselves in. But today, I feel impressed to talk about our words. Our words. Our words. Notice Malachi 3, verse 13. Malachi, that's the last book in the Old Testament Malachi 3 verse 13 normally when a preacher has you turn to Malachi he's going to talk about what tithing is that right but but we're not going to do that this morning look at Malachi 3 verse 13 as it pertains to words notice what the Lord says the Lord says your words he's speaking to the people he says your words have been harsh against me says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? The people were were surprised and amazed to find out that their words had been harsh against the Lord. They didn't realize that the things that they were saying were offensive to God. And I think that's the same with a lot of us, that we say things a lot of times that, that we don't think the Lord would even care anything about but yet when it comes right down to it the things we say a lot of times are harsh against the Lord now of course we right away think about you know cussing or lying and those sorts of things but you know we can say a lot of things that are harsh against the Lord that's not cussing or lying when we speak contrary to his word that's harsh against him did you hear me um, another way that our words can be harsh against Him is to blame Him for things that He didn't do. Like when there's a car accident and, and people are killed and, and folks will say, Well, I guess the Lord just wanted those people in heaven. That's why He allowed that car accident. Did you know that our words are harsh against the Lord when we talk like that? When, when, when we say, well, I guess, I guess that cancer came on that person. God put that cancer on him to teach him something. How many of you know when we talk like that, our words are harsh against the Lord? He didn't put cancer on anybody. Well, I guess, I guess uh, the Lord's just, you know, allowing them to go through that lack or He's brought that poverty on them, you know, to teach them something. How many of you know that, that if we talk like that, our words are harsh against the Lord? That he, he hasn't brought poverty on, on anybody. Amen? You understand that? So we have to be watchful that our words are not harsh against the Lord. Now, what I wanna, having said that, what I want to title this message this morning is Venting. Venting. V-E-N-T-I-N-G. Venting. Uh, do you all know what venting is? Has anybody ever vented? Some of you have a venting partner, probably, you know. It might be your spouse. <laughs> and uh, I've already had uh, some ministers over the years have called me on the phone and said, you know, hey, I just want you to know I'm here and, and if you ever need to talk, and, we're, and I'm grateful for that. Thank God. And then they go on, some of them have gone on and said, and if you just need to ever call up and just vent, you know, just vent. Just call me up. And they mean well when they say that. But did you know that we can get in trouble when we vent? I mean in trouble with the Lord. You know, we need to watch our words. And, and and you know... It seems harmless enough. Well, I just need to get alone and I just need to get alone with somebody and just vent. Well, what does vent mean? It means giving verbal release to frustration. Giving verbal release to frustration. But what we need to realize is that we can get in a lot of trouble when we give verbal release to frustration. Venting. Well... You know, I'm just going to call so and so up and vent a little bit. You know, you know when we vent, we usually say things we shouldn't say. Yeah, well, but the Lord knows my heart, and He knows I don't really mean it. And the person I'm venting to, their trusted friend, and 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 I just need somebody to blow steam off to. Well, you know what? Thank God for trusted friends, but I'm just saying we can get in trouble with the Lord when we vent. Did you know Moses? Has anybody ever heard of Moses? Did you know he vented one time and it cost him? Let's take a look at it in Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. Let's turn over there. The book of Numbers chapter 20 verse 1. Just trying to help all of us here today. Sometimes we do things and we're not really even aware of what we're doing. And that's one reason I'm here is to make us aware of some things. Numbers 20 verse 1. Are you there? Do you have that? Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. That was Moses' sister, of course. Now look at verse 2. Now there was no water for the congregation... So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Now you need to realize they'd done this before on many occasions. The people gathered together against Moses and and his brother Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought us the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Is it not a place of grain? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. Well, look at verse 5, the first part. Why have you made us come up out of Egypt? How many of you remember what they had in Egypt? They had hard bondage, didn't they? They were in prison, weren't they? How many of you would think they'd be grateful to be out of that? But they weren't. They weren't. They complained again and again and again that Moses had brought them out of Egypt. You know, I, I mean, and, and here they're complaining again. And, and why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Well, how many of you know Egypt was an evil place? And then it, it, they says is this place not a, it's not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates in other words they're saying there's nothing good for us here nor is there any water to drink now again you need to realize this is not the first time they did this to Moses they've been doing this to him ever since he went in before pharaoh and said let my people go remember when he went in before pharaoh and said let my people go remember that pharaoh made it harder on the people And they blamed Moses. All Moses ever wanted to do was help these people. He was born and the calling on his life was to deliver these people from bondage. And to take them into the promised land. That was his. That's why he was born. That was his call. And they complained again and again uh, about him and to him. They did this to him again and again and again. Now do you think that that would wear on Moses after a while? How many of you you think that would wear on him after a while? Because it happened again and again and again. Have you ever had people do things to you that wear on you after a while? And they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it? Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Well, it puts us in a position to vent. To blow off some steam. Now look at verse 6. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Well, that was good. That was good. They went to seek the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, and then he says to them to do what to the rock? Do what to the rock? Speak to the rock. To the rock. Real loud say, speak to the rock. Speak say the rock. it one more time. Speak to speak the rock. The rock. To the rock. He tell, God tells Moses, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock And he said to them Hear now you rebels Hear now you rebels Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand And struck the rock twice with his rod Did he obey God? Did he obey God? Absolutely not Now he went and sought the Lord And that was good But he didn't obey God ultimately, did he? And notice Moses in, in verse 10 We see him venting now, he was supposed to go speak to the rock, but we see him here speaking to the people. Yeah, right. And notice what he says. Hear now, you rebels. Can you see the frustration in him? Yeah. Can you see the aggravation in him? I mean, he was to the end of his rope with these people. They had driven him just about crazy. He was so frustrated and he was so angry. And even though he he, he went and he sought the Lord, yet that frustration and that anger, he'd been dealing with these people for so long, being, being rude to him and crude to him and not appreciating what God had done for them, not appreciating what he had done for them. And I think he just snapped right here and he said, here now, you rebels. Is he venting? He's venting. Then he said, must we? What's this we here? Who's going to bring water out of that rock? God. See, when you start venting, you get in a position, you, you kind of you lose where you're at, so to speak. You kind of lose your perspective. And Has anybody ever been so angry that you've lost your perspective besides me? How many of you have been so angry you couldn't even see straight? Right. Here now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock twice with his rod. Was he supposed to be doing that or was he supposed to be speaking to it? Do you ever notice a lot of times we're beating on things when we ought to be speaking to them? Jesus said, whosoever shall... Say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Mark eleven twenty three. Is that correct? How many of us, we're, we're beating on things a lot of times when we ought to be speaking to him. But that's that, that's that's uh, another lesson for another time. What is Moses doing here? He Realize, say, he's venting. Yeah, he's venting. And when venting you will not only say things you shouldn't But you will most likely do things you shouldn't And Moses disobeyed God And actually he was in rebellion himself Be watchful of accusing other people of something Because when you accuse other people of something The Bible says in the book of Romans You become guilty of that same thing These were rebels weren't they? weren't they being rebellious and Moses here he's calling them rebels but he's doing what himself rebelling against God right and notice water now watch this water comes abundantly out of the rock and the congregation and their animals drank did God do a miracle yes he did And he did the miracle while Moses was being totally and completely disobedient. Now you need to listen to this here. This helped me tremendously because have you ever seen ministers over the years who had wonderful miracles taking place in their meetings, but yet personally, in their personal life, it was goofed up? There was sin involved? Huh? How many has ever observed that over the years besides me? Yet, is Moses missing God here? And is there still a miracle being performed? Why would God do that? Well, there's people out there that are going to die if God doesn't move in a miraculous way. So, So the needs of the people were more relevant to God than one man's sin. You need to realize that just because God, you know, uses a man or a woman in a certain way, he doesn't necessarily approve of everything that they do in their life. You need to understand that that's just a little side note, might help somebody, it helped me. But venting, having said that, venting can cost us. Yeah, but I just need to get a little uh, get get a little bit of this steam, blow it off. I just need to I just need to get alone with somebody, my venting partner and blow this steam off. It can cost you. It cost Moses. Let's see what it cost him. Look at verse 12, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and says this, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Well, when, when he said we, we are going to get water out of the rock, he was taking some credit there for some things himself that only God could do. Is, is that right? We've already pointed that out. But watch this. He goes on to say, therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Real loud there, we ought to say, wow. Wow. Why was Moses born? He was born to take these people out of Egyptian bondage and into the promised land. His call was to take these people these Israelites, out of Egyptian bondage and take them into the promised land. That's why he was born. That's what his call was. But guess what? He doesn't get to ultimately fulfill the call that's on his life now, does he? Venting can cost us. Blowing off steam can cost us. Because we can say things and do things when we're angry that we can cross a line that can't be crossed back over. Our words can be harsh to the, to, to the Lord and it can cost us. Did it cost Moses? It cost him. Now, someone might say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You need to realize nothing could be any further from the truth than that. Words are very important. Look at Psalms 106, verse 32, and we'll get a little bit more on this right here. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. We all need to hear this today. Psalm 106, verse 32 gives us more insight onto what Moses actually did here in this instance. Psalm 106 here is talking about in, in these two verses what Moses just did here, inventing. Look at verse 32. They angered, is talking about the people angered the Lord, also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses. Well, it went ill with him, didn't it? Didn't it? Things went bad for Moses on account of the people, on account of them. Now watch this, because they rebelled against his spirit. So, so the people were doing some things that they shouldn't have been doing. They were complaining. But watch this, so that he, this is talking about Moses, so that Moses spoke, spoke what? Rashly with his lips. Has anybody ever done that besides me? One Bible version, I believe it's the King James, says that he spoke unadvisedly with his lips. There's another Bible version that puts it this way. They made Moses bitter so that he spoke recklessly. Here's another version of this scripture. They upset Moses and he spoke without stopping to think. Has anybody ever done that besides me? He spoke without stopping to think. Now he did get away with the Lord and he sought the Lord as, as to what to say and do. But he got out there and he got so angry and he got so mad that he, he, he said some things there and did some things there that cost him. God still did the miracle to help the people, but it cost Moses personally. Because he spoke without stopping to think. Here's another version puts it this way: Moses got into trouble for speaking in anger. And then another version puts it like this: Moses exploded and lost his temper. Can anybody relate with that besides me? He exploded. And he lost his temper and he said you rebels and he vented and then not only did he say something he shouldn't have said but what he did something he shouldn't have done and he instead of speaking to the rock he's venting to the people and instead of speaking to the rock he's beating on it. Did it cost him? I said did it cost him? It cost him. It cost him. And he didn't ultimately get to fulfill the call that was on his life. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 23. We've got to stop to think before we speak. And we must not speak when we're angry. We must not lose our temper and explode. Can you say amen? Some years later, many, many years after this incident here where he hit the rock twice. He pleads with the Lord because they had gotten, in the process of time, they had gotten right up on the promised land. And Moses wanted to go in. What did God say to him? Said, you're not going in. Is that right? But once they got up to it, Moses wants to go in. And this will further show, look at this, it will show that Moses, what he did back there, cost him. And it hurt him. Because he crossed a line. Look at this. Deuteronomy 3.23. Moses is speaking and he, he says here, Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what, God is, for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. I pray. Now look at this. He's praying to God and he says, I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and Lebanon. Is Moses asking God to reconsider? Yes, he is. Please let me go in. Please let me go in. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. In other words, what God said is, you crossed the line there. I told you you're not going in. Now don't talk to me about this anymore. And did Moses get to go in? No, he didn't. You need to understand that forgiveness is different from qualification. Forgiveness is different from qualification. God forgave Moses. And now listen to me. God forgave Moses and still loved him. How many of you know when Moses died, God went and personally buried him? I don't know that God did that for anybody else. Do we know that Moses is in heaven today? There's no question about it because I believe on the Mount of Transfiguration didn't he appear to Jesus there? I mean, Moses is okay. He made heaven. But what he did disqualified him from some things here on the earth. Do you realize that we can We can vent and we can miss it. We shouldn't do that, but we can vent and we can miss it. Say things we shouldn't say, do things we shouldn't do. We can repent of those things and God will forgive us and we can still make heaven. But there are certain things, you cross a line, it can disqualify you, dear friends, for some things God had for you in the here and the now. Did you get that? How many of you got that? See, God forgave Moses and still loved him and he made heaven. But Moses disqualified himself from what he was ultimately born and called to do. And that was to lead God's people out of bondage into the promised land. And all because of his anger and reckless venting. I want to say it again. We need to be watchful of exploding and getting angry Inventing venting and saying things that we shouldn't say. Doing things that we shouldn't do. I remember some years ago I was with my wife. It was in the early days of this church. And we had just come out of a service from up in the school. And I was aggravated and I was angry. I was mad. Has anybody ever been aggravated, angry and mad besides me? I was aggravated. I was angry. I was mad. I'll say that again. I was aggravated. I was angry. I was mad. Has anybody ever been aggravated, angry and mad besides me? I was aggravated. I was angry. I was mad. It takes a lot to get me there but i was what was i i was aggravated i was angry i was mad and we were right at the intersection of manchester and 141 how many knows where that is we was right in that area and i was aggravated we had just come out of a service i was you know you know about an hour out i was aggravated i was angry and i was mad and i vented And I said something. I didn't cuss or nothing like that. But how many of you know your words can be harsh against the Lord? And I said something. My wife knows what it is. You want to know what it is? I'm not going to tell you. But I said something. I was aggravated. I was angry. And I was mad. And I said something. I vented. I blew off some steam. It's been 16 years ago. And I can still see to this day that it's hindered some things for me. Why do you share that, Pastor? Because see, talking about Moses is one thing, but talking about me right in the here and the now, it makes it a little more real to you. And my wife knows exactly what it is, and I still, I still, still have to deal with it to this day to some degree. See, did God forgive you? Sure he did. Does God still love you? Sure he does. Is it a heaven hell issue? Not at all. But when you get angry and you get frustrated, you can say things. Now, I didn't do anything, but I said something there. And I vented to my wife. But it, and my words were harsh against the Lord. Has he forgiven? Yes, he's forgiven me. But you can set spiritual things in motion with your words, and it can cost you. Did you hear what I said? How many's getting this?? Yeah, that happened to you because you're a preacher. Pre- being a preacher has nothing to do with it. How many of you know all of us in our everyday life need to be watchful of the things we're saying? I remember uh, an excellent minister said one time that there was this fellow that was 39 years old and he was on his deathbed. And he was called in, this minister was called in to minister to him. And the minister goes in there and lays his hands on him to pray for him. And it seems like the Lord just wouldn't take hold with his prayer. And finally, after just a few moments, the, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to this minister on the inside and said this. Said spiritual laws were set in motion many years ago and they cannot be changed at this time. And the minister just was kind of startled by that. He didn't really know what it meant. And the fellow went ahead and died, 39. He died. And so that minister went and asked some family members and said, You know, well, tell me something about this guy, you know. And, and, long and the short of it was, is that that fellow that died at 39 had said for years and years, ever since he was young, he said, I'll never live to see my 40th birthday. 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 And you know what? He didn't. He set spiritual laws in motion. And and his family members said, yeah, he'd say that almost every day. He'd say, I'll probably never live to see my 40th birthday. And you know, he didn't. We need to be watchful of our words. Let me just share a few scriptures with you right before we receive communion. Just, I'm not going to look all these up. It would take too long. But I'll put these on, on uh, the church website on, uh, on my blog. If you go to the church website, look under pastor's blog. I'll put these scriptures on there if you're interested. But just listen to the importance of words. Listen to this. Just listen to these. In Proverbs it says, you are snared by the words of your mouth, you are taken by the words of your mouth. Proverbs says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Is that powerful? Yep, yeah, that's powerful. Listen to what Psalms says. To him that orders his confession aright, I will show the salvation of God. So if your conversation can be ordered aright, it means that it also could be ordered a wrong. So let's be sure that our conversation is ordered aright. How many of you know you can't even get saved without your mouth? Is that right? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So you see, our our conversation plays a big role in, in salvation. Listen to this one. As it pertains to your health, the book of Proverbs says, The tongue of the wise promotes health. I would encourage you: don't speak sickness and disease; speak health and healing. Now, I learned this a long time ago when I was a kid watching. Uh, I was watching a particular minister on television, and, and, and a good minister, and, and he talked about the power of confession. and, and Listen, listen, you can get a dit in a in a ditch. Uh, uh, on either side of the road with this confession. But I want to tell you something. Uh, Let's stay out of the ditch. Let's stay in the middle of the road. Our words are vitally important. Amen? Amen. You can't live by faith without understanding some things about confession. The Bible talks about holding fast to the confession of our faith. And I learned this a long time ago when I was a, a kid, probably about... Well, as I was 12, 13, 14, 15, I used to have stomach aches, just stomach aches, just all the time. I had to put the heating pad on, and I'd have, you could count on me, once the winter came, I'd have like what they almost strep throat, if not strep throat, a couple of times throughout the, uh, throughout the winter time. Whereas you swallow, it's like you're swallowing razor blades. And, and, and I just, I heard a minister on television talk about this, and I got in the Word of God, and I, I found out some things about proper confession, and I stopped talking stomach aches, I stopped talking uh, strep throat, and I, I quit talking sickness and disease, and I started talking health and healing, amen? With His stripes, I am healed. I started, and it didn't happen overnight, but in the process of time, I got, I was sick less, and less, and less. And less to the point that I've never had to use a heating pad for a stomach ache from that day to this. Praise God forevermore. And, and, and the strep throats less and less and less. And over the last years, I could, maybe maybe a, over many 25 some odd years, maybe on a, couple, a few occasions. Amen. Amen. So we need to talk right. Now I'm not saying we need to make a God out of our words. God is God. Is that correct? But we need to understand some things. Did you hear me? About words. They're important. Amen. So talk health and healing. Don't talk sickness and disease. And much I could say about that. But I just don't have time right now. Hey, listen to this one. Proverbs 13 two, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. You know your words have a lot to do with your provision. Don't talk poverty and lack. Talk provision and abundance. Amen. You okay? We need to watch our words. Listen to this one in Proverbs. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. We need to guard our mouth, guard our tongue. Psalms says this, that we should ask the Lord to set a watch on our mouth and keep the door of our lips. You know why that is? Because the Bible says no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. And since we don't have, we can't tame our tongue, but God can. We need to ask God to set a watch on our mouth. Can you say amen? Now I asked him to do that for me back when I was a kid. As I got a hold of this scripture and I asked the Lord, put a watch on my mouth. And he did. And you know what? Whenever I go to speak sickness and disease, there's a hesitancy every single time. You know what that is? That's that guard that God has put on my mouth. Now, can I go ahead and speak sickness and disease? Sure I can because God's a gentleman and he's not going to make me do anything. Can you say amen? But yet that guard is there and every time I've gone to speak sickness or disease, there's a and i'd have to, i'd have to violate that guard to do it every time i go to speak poverty and lack there's a guard there and i can do it but it's hard to and i'll tell you the truth about it remember i told you a while ago when i vented that day where where was i at does anybody remember i was at manchester and 141 and did you know before i vented that day guess what there was there was that guard there and you know what? I had to violate that guard to do it. But you know what? I violated that guard and I vented anyway. And it's cost me to one degree or another to this day. You getting anything out of this? We need to watch our words. And, and we could go on and on and on. The Bible says in Proverbs, "...in the multitude of words sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise." When we're talking a lot, there's more opportunity to speak against what God wants us to say. It's better to be a person of few words, isn't it? If anyone among you thinks to be religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Listen to this, the tongue is a little member, boasts great things, see how great a forest, a little fire kindles, as the tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity, the tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire by hell. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men. That's when we're venting. How many of you know it's not acceptable to bless God, praise God in church, and then go out of here and talk bad about people? Amen. How many of you know that's not right? How many of you know God's not in that? Yeah, but I'm just venting. How many of you know you get trouble venting? Yeah, but God understands me. He knows my heart. He understood Moses. He knew his heart. Did he forgive Moses? Yeah, but did it cost Moses? It can cost you too. Out of the same mouth proceed praise and cursing, my brothers. This should not be says, let everyone be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He gave us two ears and one mouth. We ought to do twice as much listening as we do talking. We shouldn't be quick to give an answer on something if we don't know what that answer is. Did you get what I just said? If somebody asks us something and we don't know the answer, don't be ashamed to say, I don't know. This I don't know. And go seek the Lord and find out what the answer is. Do you know what the devil will do? He'll try to get you to choose between two wrong answers. How many of you know when Jesus, they brought him, that woman taken in adultery, they they gave him two wrong answers. Is that right? Stoner, not stoner. Is that right? And he acted like he just didn't hear him. Is that correct? And and he kneeled down and he wrote on the ground, much we could say. I believe he was seeking the Spirit of God as to what to say. And he came up with the right answer. And he said, he that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone first. Is that right? How many of you, you've ever said things and you wish you could get those words back? It's like putting toothpaste back in a the, in the tube. It's, it's, it. How many of you, you've ever said something and you're like, <laughs> trying to... <laughs> Anybody ever done that? You said something? How many of you have ever sh- shot off an email and you wish you could unclick? Any? Huh? <laughs> or you said something? You, you wanna, Once those words are out, they're out there. Is that right? The Bible says the heart of the righteous studies how to answer but the mouth of the wicked gushes forth evil. Well, I'm done now, but go to Matthew 12 real quick. Go to Matthew 12. I I, I get over in this teaching, anointing and lose track of time sometimes. But Matthew 12 verse 36. You getting anything out of this? Sure. This is where we live every day. That's right. We talk. Mm-hmm. Matthew 12:36. Jesus is speaking. We better listen. I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Is that pretty awesome or what? Every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Don't tell me our words aren't important. They are. So then the Apostle Paul said this, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man or a woman, we could say, examine themselves. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sickly among you, and many die young. For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So as the ushers now, as you remain seated, as the ushers come now and begin to pass out communion. Come ahead, fellas. Come right on. As you sit there right now, I want all of us to judge ourselves. If we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Now, they're going to pass the communion out. Praise God forevermore. Let me get one up here. I'll go ahead and get mine now. They're going to pass these out, these communion elements, the juice and the bread. And as they're doing that, I want you to sit there and I want you to judge yourself. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. I want you to judge yourself. I want you to judge yourself. Judge yourself in your words. Judge yourself in any area that you need to judge yourself in. If there's things in your life that aren't right, this is is a time now to, to repent in your heart. Turn from it and ask the Lord to forgive you. He will. Maybe you've been speaking words that you shouldn't be speaking. Maybe you've been talking sickness and disease. Maybe you've been talking lack and and, and barely get along. Maybe you've been venting. Maybe you've been blowing off steam and you've learned today that you shouldn't do it. Well, God is a gracious God and he'll forgive you if you'll repent and ask him to. Hallelujah. So judge yourself. Judge yourself. Judge yourself. Make an adjustment. Make an adjustment. Maybe you've been quick-tempered and you've just, you just know, go off the deep end and you know, start kicking things and throwing things and yelling and screaming. Or maybe you, you scream at somebody or yell at somebody. Or you just, maybe you just sit down and just tell somebody, just tell, them, tell it like it is. And I'm going to just get this off my chest. Well, you've learned today that can be dangerous. So, so if you need to, Repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you right there where you sit, and He will. He's a gracious God and a merciful, merciful Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're in the congregation today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you don't know Him as your Savior, I would encourage you to not Partake of this communion. Don't do not do it. Wait till the service is over. Just hold on to the juice and the bread. Wait till the service is over. And then come up here. And there will be some men and women standing up here. And just tell them that you'd like to be introduced to Jesus. And they'll lead you into a saving relationship with him. And then once you get born again. Miss hell. Going to make heaven. And all that. Then they'll serve you communion. Amen. And you can receive it then. Praise God. Hallelujah. So again, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've never made Him the Lord of your life, just hold on to that communion. Don't, don't receive it. Just hold on to it. And then when we dismiss, there'll be some men and women standing up here. You can come up and they'll introduce you to Jesus. They'll pray with you. Have Him come into your life. and Then they'll serve you communion. You can receive the, the juice and the, and the bread. Hallelujah. Let's all stand now in the presence of God. Let's stand in the presence of God. Father, we thank you for that which represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that that body was broken for us. That we can know physical healing. And by your stripes we're healed. And we do this in remembrance of you. And we're just so grateful that that by your stripes we have healing. Thank you. Break and eat with a heart of thanksgiving. Father, we also thank you for that precious blood of the Lord Jesus that was shed for us 2,000 years ago. It's still as powerful today as it was then. And, And it washes sins away. As far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. We're just so grateful for the blood of the Lord Jesus. And as we partake of that which represents his precious holy blood, we do so with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of remembrance Knowing what Jesus did for us, paid the price of sin, and was raised from the dead on the third day. And because of his death, burial, resurrection, and shed blood, we can know newness of life. And we can know the new birth. We can become a child of God. And, sir, we also are grateful that because of that blood that we as Christians, if, if and when we miss it, we can repent And walk in the light again and ask you to forgive us. And you forgive us then and cleanse us with that blood. We're just so grateful for the blood of Jesus. And now as we partake of this that represents his blood. We do so with a grateful heart in Jesus name. Go ahead and receive that. The ushers will be passing a receptacle around to receive up the cups. And while they do. I just want to be in line with the scripture. He says, while we do this, we do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. How many of you know the Lord is soon to come? Amen. Amen. Say, the Lord Lord is soon to come. come. Say, the Lord himself himself will descend from heaven with a shout. With with the voice of the archangel. With the the trumpet of God. God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain... Will be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. How many is glad that the Lord's coming? Amen. How many is glad for the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy to go in the rapture and to make heaven? Hallelujah. Thank to say thank God for the blood. How's that song go? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. One more time. Oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Well, love on a few people. You're dismissed. God bless you.